Well, it hasn't been a good week all week God's given us here. And uh, like all good things, man, time flies when you're having fun. And we've worshiped, we've cried, we've laughed, we've praised, we've shouted. And we were two seconds away, Brother Calvin, from running the aisle. And I told him last night he came over where I was seated and I said, I said, man, I, he had heard me say I want to run. He said, he said, Brother Allen, he said, if you run, he said, I'm running with you. I looked at him and how he was hobbling around earlier. I said, you'll, you'll hobble with me, but you won't be running with me. But isn't it good to be worshiping the Lord? And man, it's good to be in God's house already tonight. But God's not done yet. And Ezekiel chapter number 47, if you'll turn your Bibles there. It just seems like every year we come here and we get treated so well here. The pastor Fury, he spoils us rotten and the church here. And, and I know he's doing it on your behalf, by the way. And uh, you all have been so good to us over these last many years. And, and the truth is, we, we leave out of here and we've got we've to drive eight hours. But the fact of the matter is, I, I'm wired when I leave here. It takes me a while. And I, I, oftentimes, I want to be the first one to drive because it's going to take me three or four hours to calm down, usually from the meeting that we had here. Yeah. But God's been good to us here, and God we allowed us to see a lot of people get saved last year, a lot of people get right with the Lord, and God's been moving this year. And I thank the Lord for how he's moved in your heart. I don't know what all the decisions are. The truth of the matter is I'm not, I'm not one of those evangelists. I don't count. Uh, I don't generally say on Twitter or Facebook and what I, if, I, if we've seen anybody get saved and things like that. And I, I'm not against people that do it necessarily, but I don't do that. And I had, I had no idea how many people got saved. And I heard 32 of them were added to the roles of this church. And that's just, that's just astounding. And most that got saved last year are still here. What a blessing that is. And I think there's, and last year what we prayed, and by the way, we've been praying it this year. I pray a long time before I ever came here, Lord, give us fruit. And not only fruit, but fruit that remains. I believe that's the mark of a true revival. Is there fruit and is there fruit that remained in your life? The decisions that you made this week, whether this is a successful revival or not, is not hinging on the, the peak of our services. We can get together and we can, we can have a good service and we can build the spirit just right and we can try to sing all the right songs and, and boy, we can get, we, we've been accustomed to this that we know what to do, but it'll be evident two and three weeks from now and two and three months from now if the Lord met with us here. And I pray that he does give fruit in your life and fruit that abounds and I want to preach to you towards that end tonight. I'm going to preach to you a message. I don't believe I've given it here and I've given it very few other places, but I want to, really I want you to, as Brother Shetler would have put it this week, and I want you to go all in with the Lord. Ezekiel chapter number 47, the Bible says, afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. And let me say this also, thank you on behalf of all all four of us, and we don't, they don't get a chance sometimes to say this behind the pulpit, but thank you, thank you to the Vogel family that housed us this year. We destroyed their house, but we had a good time doing it. And uh, thank you for those of you that were so kind to us, and many of you have been blessing to us in different ways. The family that wrote us the letters yesterday, I don't know how to say your last name, but uh, John and your sister, and uh, I have no idea how to say your last name, but you, Brother Rob said it with me last night, but I'm not going to try it again. And uh, you gave us those magic bars last night, and you're a blessing to us. I've already had one. They didn't have any yet, so they don't know how good they are. But, uh, and thank you, thank you, thank you for the kind letters. Somebody, I think I saw cookies out on the table, so I'm preaching short tonight, amen? And um, it has nothing to do with our time of driving home. It has everything to do with those cookies out on the table tonight. 
Ezekiel, the Bible says, afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued from out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down under, from the right side of the house at the side of the altar. This, by the way, is the house of God. This is a temple. Then he brought me out of the way to the gate northward and led me uh, by, about the way without the utter gate. And the Bible says, by the way that looketh eastward, and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he, brought, he measured a thousand cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand and he he brought me through the waters and the waters were to the loins. And the Bible says afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Picture it, if you will. There's a prophetic vision given to Ezekiel, and I'll try to do better. My camera people last night, they said we were chasing you everywhere. They felt like they were playing a video game last night. I was going back and forth and here and yonder and all over God's green earth. Because you picture with me, if you will, there's a man and Ezekiel has this prophetic vision and he's taken to the temple and he sees a man there. And the Bible says there are waters that begin to issue forth out of the temple. And the Bible says there was a man that with a line in his hand, he measured a, a thousand cubits and he passed me through the water. He said, when I got there, the water was up to my ankles. And then he said he measured me out another thousand cubits and he said the waters were up to my knees. Then he said he measured me out a thousand cubits and he said the waters were up to my loins. Then he said he measured me out another thousand cubits and he said the waters were over my head. They were waters that could not be passed through like the other waters. He said it was waters to swim in. And then he said he brought me back. To the brink of the water. Don't answer it unless it's Jesus, amen. And uh, in my wife's church, if her phone rings, you got to buy them pizza. You got to buy the preacher pizza. I think about it switched that to Chipotle. But anyways. But he said he brought me back to the brink of the water. Listen to this. He brought me back and he said, son of man. Hast thou seen this? What he's asking him here is, do do you understand what I just showed you? Do you understand the purpose of going into your ankles? Do you understand the purpose of it was up to your knees? Do you understand the purpose it was up to your loins? Do you understand the purpose that by the time it was all said and done, the water was so deep that you couldn't pass through it, you had to swim through those waters? Tonight, I believe God has shown us some things all week. I believe he started with you men on Saturday. I believe he started us at that man up conference. We heard things about prayer and, and man soul winning and God began to get us involved in that. And I believe he, he, got a, he, he started to whet our appetite for the revival that we've been experiencing here. Yes. And I believe on Sunday morning, I believe we were knee deep in revival already Sunday morning. 
I mean, if you were here Sunday morning, I mean, it just, God just moved into this place and we began to see folks uh, flood the altars and get right with the Lord and the preaching of the word of God and people responded. And there were several folks even that got saved. We were knee deep in it. I believe by the time we got through Sunday night and Monday night, man, and how God moved. And I believe we were waist deep in it. But can I say to you tonight, church, there's some deeper water out there. There's some deeper water out there. And your decision tonight will be how deep do we want to go? How deep do you want to go? And I believe God's allowed us to see all these things. But he's taking us, Brother Norris, he's taking us back and saying, church, do you understand what you've been experiencing this week? I mean, do you, do you really understand what you've seen this week? You have seen people walk the altars. You have seen them get right with the Lord. You have seen people whose hearts were overflowing with the love of Jesus Christ. You have seen people's hearts that were overflowing with how good God has been to them. You have seen people rejoice over being healed of diseases. You've seen people rejoice over getting saved in this meeting last year. You've seen us cry and shout and testify and sing of the goodness of God. You've joined us in singing the goodness of God. You've bought the CDs. We've rejoiced together. We've given testimony together. We've been through Sunday school, Sunday morning and Sunday night and Monday night and Tuesday. Here we are. We're on the brink of the river. And God is saying to you and I, how deep, son of man, do you want to go with me? Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, we need to hear from you one last time. God, the truth is we're going to get in the car in probably less than an hour here. 30 minutes to an hour, we're going to get in the car and we're going to head back. And Lord, the fact of the matter is they don't need, they don't need the quartet here every week. They don't need me here. They don't need any of the four of us here, God. What they need is the deepness of a relationship with you. What they need is a deep-rooted revival. What they need is a church full of people that decide tonight that we are going out into the deep water with the, with the, with the God of heaven. And Lord, I believe this nation, this city, this area can be changed if we would have a group of people that would decide that they're not satisfied anymore with standing on the brink of the river but they're going to go deep as they can with you change us tonight lord i'm praying for a miraculous change in some lives tonight i'm praying for some young people that will surrender to your will for their life i'm praying for some middle-aged people that may surrender to your will for their life i'm praying for some senior saints tonight to get all in and get head over heels deep in this Christian life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this walk of the Christian life, I've been living for 25 years. I've watched people, and I've watched people all across this spectrum here. And I've watched people who have gotten saved, and they get excited. And many of you are at that point right now. You're a new Christian, and you're excited. And man, all you know is, is Jesus saves. And you're, but you see those folks in here, though, that have, they know what it is to get out into the deep. They know what it is, but the sad thing is tonight, it's so easy for us in this Christian life to begin to live a shallow life again, to get back to where we were and no longer live, live the deep Christian life. I personally believe, I believe we're living in a generation that wants to see deep life Christians. I think they're tired of seeing us say one thing on Sunday and live a different way on Monday. Help us. 
I think our kids are tired of us saying what we believe on Sunday morning, singing the songs of God, then running 10,000 miles from him on the way home from church. I think our children are tired of watching us scream and shout and yell at each other and then answer the phone when the pastor calls and now all of a sudden we got that sweet voice on. You ever been there before? Don't look at me like you're that spiritual tonight. (laughs) Shut up, honey. Kids, get out of here. Kick that dog out of here. Preacher called. Hey, preacher. (laughs) We love you. I was just praying for you. (laughs) Sure you were. You, especially when that person, you get in the church parking lot, somebody stole your favorite parking spot in there, or you were trying to back into that spot, and that lady who you don't even like anyways in the church, and remember that one time she wore the same dress you did? Well. And we're so upset, and, and our kids see this, and our wives see this, and our husbands see and I know I'm being trivial with that tonight, and being, and being a little bit funny with that tonight, but I'm telling you, I believe this generation of people today is looking for genuine Christians. They're tired of us saying one thing and doing another thing. They're tired of us preaching against homosexuality and then shacking up. Help us now. Come on. They're tired of us ripping their abortion, yet we can't keep our hands off each other. They're tired of us criticizing their filthy music, and yet we've got the same filthy words running through our vocabulary that they do theirs. I believe, I believe they want to see some deeper, some deeper things. They're tired of us worried about social programs, and yet we never open our arms to the poor, and we never open our arms to those that are destitute, and we never visit the widows in their affliction, and we don't care about the fatherless, but oh, we complain about the government taking care of them, but we need some deep Christians that are going to live a deep Christian life. It's easy for us to criticize. They're tired of us saying we're, we believe in church and we believe in God and we're tired of taking our Christian rights away from us and yet we're not faithful to the house of God. We're not faithful to read the word of God. Brother Jeff was preaching a few years ago and he said, we in America, we're so upset because they took down the Ten Commandments in Alabama where Judge Roy Moore was there and, he, they had the Ten, and they took the Ten Commandments out of there when the truth is most of us American Christians don't even have the Ten Commandments at our house. But somehow we're offended that our nation will honor the Ten Commandments and we don't honor the Ten Commandments. We, 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 we hate it when they mock our God and they make fun of our God and yet we let the God of sports run our lives. God's bringing us to the brink of the water tonight. Some of you are like, I don't want to go to that brink. <laughs> Find some more waters. He's taking us to the brink of the water tonight saying, how deep you want to go? How deep you want to go? Is God more important to you than a football game? Is a Christian life more important to you than a basketball game? Is a Christian life more important to you than a baseball game? Is it more important to you than getting a raise than whether you come to church Sunday morning or not? Is it more important to you whether you have something else to do than reading your Bible and prayer time? What God is he's telling us to get on the brink of that water and look out and see what the Christian life can be and decide tonight whether you want to go in the deep or live that shallow life you've been living. I believe that ankle... That ankle deep Christian life, those, that's everybody in here who's just so happened to be saved. Yes. That's salvation level of Christianity. 
And listen, tonight, if you're saved in here, I'm glad you're saved. I rejoice that you're saved. I'm already getting warm, Brother Jake. I rejoice that you're saved. I'm glad that you're saved. Listen, I, I praise God for everybody in here that knows for sure that if they were to die, they'd go to heaven. I thank God for that. But can I say to you tonight, there is so much more to this Christian life than you just being saved. And the sad thing is, in Jude, the Bible says, there are going to be some people that are saved yet so as by fire. What that means is you got in by the skin of your teeth. And I thank God that somebody told me back when I got saved that there was more to the Christian life than just having your sins forgiven. And there are people that said, man, are you telling me I can get saved and do whatever I want to do? I said, no, when you get saved, there'll be something inside of you that wants to do what God wants you to do. And what it is, is it's the God inside of you that is calling you out to the deeper waters. It's not just enough for you to get saved. Listen, Zacchaeus got saved. You know what he did? He gave half of everything he had away. Matthew got saved and he stopped stealing from people in the form of taxes. Didn't you wish God would sweep through that crowd once again, amen? Peter got saved and he left the boat. And he left their, by the way, they said he left their nets and their boats and everything else. The woman at the well got saved and she left her water pot and she went and told the whole city. That's right. And if you're, can I say tonight, if you don't know for sure if you die, you go to heaven, get in the water. And I'm not talking about the water up there in the baptismal tank. But I'm saying, if you don't know for sure if you die, you go to heaven. Listen, none of the rest of this message is for you. None of the rest of this message is for you if you're not saved in here tonight. And we'd love nothing more than to show you how to get in the water tonight. We'd love nothing more than you could walk out of here knowing that you know, that you know, that you know that you've been born again. Last year on this night, man, there was a bunch of people that got into the water with God. And some of them, I remember when Austin and I were, were, when he came to our hotel room that Monday night, he was, he was talking about everything else and, and bringing up the messages that I had preached and the messages that I had preached. He said, God will work on me for a little while and then it'd go back to this and God will work on me. But then he said, he said but, but I don't know for sure if I'm saved. You know what happened? You cannot move forward until you get into the water. That's right. And some of you, as sure as we're sitting here tonight, you know that you're a hell-bound sinner without Jesus Christ. And you'll spend eternity without him. And I hate, listen, I, nobody hates the fact more that there's a hell than this guy right here. But the fact of the matter is, if you will not get in the water with Jesus Christ, you have no hope of eternal life. Right. Right. He wants to save you tonight. Amen. But for those of you that are saved, and maybe you, you're in the Christian life and you just haven't grown. And maybe you're in the Christian life or maybe you're just new to this thing and you got saved a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. Can I say to you that all the thrill that you have about being saved, all the joy that you have about your, your redemption, all the joy you have. Man, I remember when I got saved, I felt like a thousand pounds had been lifted off my shoulders. Amen. I was so relieved to find out that I didn't have to live some imaginary perfect life myself and that Jesus Christ had lived a perfect life so I didn't have to. But there's some deeper water. He said, he went here from salvation to that knee deep water. And don't get off the bus at this stop, Christians. This is separation right here. This is separation. And it's almost, in this day and age, I'm telling you tonight, 
We have a generation of young people that are saved, and many of them are third and fourth generation Christians who are trying to get, they they want to have a symbolism of deep water, but they don't practice separation. And can I tell you tonight, the Bible says, listen, you you are not your own, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. So there is a way, according to the scriptures, that I can bring glory to God with my body. Now, understand this. Everybody in this room tonight, if we had to put what are your standards and convictions tonight, every one of them would be different. But what I'm saying is some of you that will not make decisions in your life because you're not interested in going to the deeper water. So you live how you want to live. You act how you want to act. You hang with who you ever want to hang with. You put into your ears and in your body and on your body, whatever you desire to do. Can I tell you, you are going to live a very shallow Christian life. That's right. right. What do you mean? I mean, you can glorify God in your body there. Let me put it practically this way. When you're at the grocery store, and every one of us has been there, when you're at the grocery store and you see a lady or a man, many times we say, I wonder what church they go to. You ever been there? I wonder what church they go to. You know why? Probably because they're glorifying God in their body. Sure. And the Bible says, There comes a time, many of you will never know the deeper Christian life because you cannot separate from the crowd that you're in right now. Thank y'all for being so quiet and attentive. (laughs) I didn't think the deep water was, there's there's deeper water though. But some will not, the Bible says, make no friendship with an angry man and a furious man, thou shalt not go. Listen, he's, whosoever is a friend of this world is the enemy of God. And God's trying to call some of you out to the deeper water, but here's what it is. You've got three friends right now that you just thought of in your mind who you know are keeping you from the deeper water. Mom, that's right. You've got things in your life right now. And God's putting his finger on some things right now. I'm not preaching. And listen, I'm not, I, don't, I don't go into specific people's standards because different churches do different things. Different pastors preach different things. Different Christians are going to do different things. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that Holy Ghost inside of you right now that is putting his finger on some things right now. Don't listen to this preacher. Listen to him. Because he's going to guide you to how you ought to live the Christian life. Amen. And there are some of you right now, he's putting some finger and he's putting some faces of some friends in your life that are keeping you from the deeper waters. I think of Sanballat and Tobiah that were trying to keep Nehemiah from the deeper waters. I think of Aaron and Miriam who were trying to keep Moses from the deeper waters. I think of Jezebel who was trying to keep Elijah out of the deep waters. I think of the men in Paul's day, Diotrephes and Gaius, who were trying to keep the men of God out of the deeper waters. And I'm saying tonight, Many of us who will not live a separated Christian life. What are we talking about? We're talking about living by the principles in God's word. And because many of you can't get past this point of separation. Guess what? All religions aren't the same. We're not the same. One one fellow said to me and and, uh, he's a fellow I do some work for. 
And he said this to me. He said, he said well, you know, you and he, he said, we've got a, lot of, we got a lot of Muslims that are at our gym. He said, you and them. And he, he's kind of an Eastern kind of, you know, believes in all kind of things. And you all worship the same God. And you all wor- it's all the same. I don't need to commit to a religion. And, and he, he, he almost passed away. He had the same thing the pastor had. He had the same, he had a blood clot that moved and he had a stroke. At, he was only 38. He said, all these gods are the same. And I said, I said, okay, I said, let, let me ask you this. I said, if somebody said, I know Jacob Trelor. And I said, what does Jacob Trelor look like? And they said, what do you think he looks like? I said, well, he's white and pasty. No, I said, I said he's got a goatee. He's, he's, he's got some glasses on there. He's got, I don't really know what you call his hair, but it's, you know, it's, there <laughs> and uh he's got that on he man he, he's he's sort of thin shaped he's about 5 11 or so and 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 they said no 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 no. i know jacob Trelor. jacob Trelor is six foot nine and he's a black guy who has his bald shaved head now if you're honest with yourself you're saying there's no way those two people are the same people just like when we look at the God of the Bible and we look at these other gods, we can say, listen, they're not the same God. There's completely different descriptions of them. You know, that's called ecclesiastical separation. We don't, this, there's a reason why we have the name Baptist on our churches. That's right. Why? We, people say, well, I don't believe you ought to separate from, I don't believe, doctrine ought to divide us. Yes. Yes. What the Bible says ought to divide, not personality, not my likes and dislikes, not your pastor's likes and dislikes and preferences, but doctrinal issues that are grounded in the word of God, they ought to begin to separate from us. And many of you can't understand why you cannot go deeper in the Christian life. It's because you are not getting in the word of God and applying the principles of the word of God to your life. Now, I know what some people are saying right now in their head. Brother Allen, that's, that's pretty shallow. Yes, it is. It is shallow. But if it's so shallow, why are we tripping over it? If it's so shallow, God just looks on our hearts and God looks on, yes, God looks on our hearts, but he says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I know this, when he said, when you get my word inside of your heart, I will transform you from the inside out. And if he is not transforming the out, maybe he's not transforming the in part of you. But there's some deeper water. He said, not only did it come up to my knee, and by the way, the reason why that's, that's salvation over here, this is separation here. The, in, the, in the scriptures, the Bible teaches us that nakedness begins at the thigh. And God does care about what's out here, but there's, there's some more over here. This is the shallow end still. He said, the next level gave me, he said, that's up to my waist. That's up to the waist. You help me out, preacher. He said, that, that level here, that's up to my waist. I believe that's not only salvation, separation, but the next level is sanctification. That's sanctification. That's, that's when you understand the word sanctified, the word holy and sanctified is, is, is used for only the purpose of God. 
It is the idea. We were talking about it the other day, how many times when we were younger Christians in our generation, the preacher said, hey, you need to do this and do that and do this and do that. And we just responded to it. We didn't need a six-week dissertation on separation to get us separated. We just knew the people that were out there in the deep water, they must have passed this way too. And so we wanted to get to where they are, so we started doing the things that they were doing. We started responding to those things. But this generation, listen, what we don't understand is before you understand God many times, you need to obey him first. Right. And this generation says, when I understand it, then I will obey it. No, Job said this, I believe to see the goodness of God. And many of you will not believe it. You do not respond to it. And therefore, you never get to see the deeper issues of the Christian life. This is the level of sanctification right here. That loins is the passion of man. That loins is the seed of man's emotions. That loin is the hot passionate love for God level that we want to get to. And if you're here tonight, listen, there is a level out here because I understand there are people at this level here that all they care about is is dotting the I's and crossing the T's of the Christian life. And they get so distracted and they don't realize, listen, this is the shallow part right here. Yes, I believe in this. And yes, I believe in convictions. And yes, I believe in separation. But I understand the purpose of separation. And the purpose of separation is not to look at your church and say, my church is better than your church because we got longer dresses on the way. My my job is to look at your church and say, our music is straighter than what your church is. The purpose of separation is so I can be separated in my heart unto God in sanctification. That's why I don't go around comparing our church music, anybody else's church music. It's none of my business what goes on in your church. It's none of my business what goes on in your men's meeting. It's none of my business what the pastor does at his house or doesn't do at his house. What is my business is to make sure that I am going to the deeper level of God and I'm understanding the purpose behind it is a closeness with God and a usability of heart to God. And those that are tripping up over there, I understand. There's both sides that can trip up over here. Some value it, not, not, not at all, separation. Some value it way highly than what they should value it. And don't understand that there is a this level right here that says, I want to do and be what God wants me to do. Are you here tonight moving beyond that? Does God have your heart? But there's another level. He said, he brought me over here. And when I got over here, when I got over here, these are waters that I could not pass through. These were waters to swim in. These were head over hills, deep water with Jesus Christ. Can I say to you, Christian, here's the entire message. You and I, Wherever we are in this spectrum, we need to take that step into the deeper waters. What am I saying? I'm saying some of you that are saved in this room tonight, you need to get inside of this book, 
And you need to hunger and thirst after the truths of the word of God. And you need to apply what you've been hearing preached. And you need to get into the word of God for yourself. And you need to start getting principles out of the word of God and applying them to your life. Like, listen, listen, listen. I don't tell people what to watch on TV, but here's what I live by principle. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I've made a covenant in my eyes. Wherefore shall I look upon a handmaid? Listen, uh, 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 look not, taste not, handle not, touch not. There are principles in my Christian life that I use to govern the way that I talk and the way that I walk and the music that I listen to. Listen, I don't know where the line is. What's beating music? What's not beating music? What's rock and roll? What's not rock and roll? I don't know, but I know this. God said he put a new song in my heart and it was going to be praise unto my God. And many people, whatever kind of song that is, people are going to fear and trust in God because of the song that they hear out of my mouth. And there are so many that are saved, yes, or by fire, but you've been living. Listen, if your God, I saw this quote a while ago, if your God allows you to do whatever you want to do, then you are your own God. Many of us, we hear this phrase all the time. I just don't believe in a God who would. That's because you're an idol worshiper and you have created your own God in your own image. And some of you need to take that step. I'm saved, but I'm just kind of casually coming. Start applying Bible principles to your life. Well, Brother Al, I'm saved, and I started to make some good decisions in my life. What do I need to do? What you need to do is work on your heart of service for God. And those of you that are here, maybe you're coming Sunday morning, maybe you're coming Sunday night, you've come every night to the revival, you're concerned with it. Let me tell you, there is a deeper level out here. There is a level where you are head over heels for the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the kind of level I want to be at right over here. I got in a Christian life. I got tired of living yet so is by fire and watching God work in other people's lives. And I'm just sitting over here. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm saved. But there's way more than just being saved. Well, I started to make good decisions in my brother Alan. I started to Man, I gave up. We had people in our church, man. And five years ago, I'm going to tell you, get up in testimony time. I'm going to tell you, preacher, five years ago, I gave up smoking and woo, God delivered me. I've never been the same since. They don't come to Sunday night. They don't read the Bible. They don't pray. They don't give to missions. They don't tithe. But they gave up cigarette smoking five years ago. You know what I say? Smoke your cigarettes and tithe. At least you'll help somebody else. I'll tell you what, I used to be a drunkard, I, and I'm glad, I'm glad for everybody that never touches alcohol again. Wow. I'm going to tell you, Brother Allen, I never touched alcohol again. God delivered me. I never thirst for that junk again. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm not giving the missions now. Hey, I, I'm not going to say what I said with the other one. And uh, don't drink anymore, but I'm going to tell you, why don't you start giving the missions and help little boys and girls that are dying and going to hell and people that are around the world that are dying and going to hell and pre- get to get the gospel preached to them. Hey, that's a deeper level right there. Yeah. It's not all about you giving up your rock and roll music. Over here, you give up rock and roll. Over here, you start singing praises and you have a heart of worship and your tears begin to flow and you're excited about the things of God from the inside. But over here, you're not just merely excited. You're not just merely stirred, but you're changed. And you're all in. You know, I've noticed about the Christian life the more shallow you try to live it, the more miserable you are. The more shallow you try to live this Christian life, I'm telling you right now, the most miserable people in the Christian life are saying, I'm saved. 
I'm saved. And I believe the second most miserable people in this Christian life are those that, that all they can think about is, oh, oh man, Jeff's, his hair's touching his ear. He's not right with God. I mean, miserable. And that's why people like that, their church services are dead. Yes, their worship is dead. They're offended by somebody waving. Listen, I, I, we go to churches all the time. Now, my, my, if I bring my wife here, she might offend you because if something good happens, she's going to do like this. And she might say something like this. Amen. Some of y'all would have a heart attack if my wife came here. Come on. Now, some of you have been telling me to bring her here, but I'm going to tell you right now. She'd say, amen, that's good. Brother Allen, don't you know the Bible says women ought to keep their silence in the church? Does it say that? It actually does. Some of y'all did it. <laughs> did you just make up a verse again? <laughs> does it say that, Brother Allen? Sure it does. But it's in the context of speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues. Read, it's in 1 Corinthians 14. Yes, sir. It's on the context of a woman preaching and interpreting and speaking in tongues. Isn't it amazing those same preachers who don't, they don't, they don't want a woman to say anything or wave her hand or, or do anything like that. Isn't it amazing that when they get up to preach, they love it when a woman goes, Woo, that's my preacher. Woo. I thought they were supposed to be silent in the church. And by the way, if they were silent, if they had to be silent in the church, then why you let women sing specials? Y'all violated scripture tonight. <laughs> if they got to be silent, then how can they teach a Sunday school class? Or lead a ladies group? Or pray? Silence means silence. But my Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't it amazing? He said to a woman in John chapter 4, he said, The Father seeketh such to worship him. Not only will he use woman, he'll use a dirty woman. One that's been married five times and shacking up right now. He said, He's seeking you right now. Why? Because he realized if she gets saved, she's probably, she's probably either going to get married or kick that new fungus to the curve. <laughs> you like that word do fungus, don't you, preacher? <laughs> and then what's going to happen is she's going to fall in love with Jesus. And I believe it happened, yeah. so, I believe it happened so rapidly, preacher, yeah. that she left her water pot. And she said, come see a man that told me everything ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And your Bible says many believed on him because of her testimony. What happened, man? She was on the fast track to the deep water. And she didn't, even, she didn't even stop to say, listen, you five husbands, we need to make them right. She was like that, man, whose wife is he going to be in the resurrection? <laughs> I have no idea. But I'm going to tell you, listen, she passed her water pot. She passed that boy up that she was staying with. And she told the whole town, come see the Messiah. Yeah. She got in the deep water. If we're not careful... We're going to stop miserable, miserable, somewhat happy, fullness of joy. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Peter, Peter, I believe Peter got saved. Peter separated from that old crowd, didn't he? 
Peter, Peter was out here with Jesus. He was even to the point we preached on it last night. Jesus, I'm willing to go to death for you. If they, if they open a prison, if they throw you in prison, Jesus, they better get a second set of shackles because we're going in there together. If they put out that guillotine, they better put two chopping blocks out there because we're going to do it together. And all of a sudden, less than a chapter later, he's fishing naked. You know what that told me about Peter? Peter wasn't in the deep water yet. Wasn't in the deep water yet. When did Peter get in the deep water? Peter got in the deep water when he decided, I'm never, I'm never taking a fishing trip again. Total surrender. Total surrender. How could, I've heard people say that when Peter left, I believe he left his nets there, but I believe he stored them away somewhere. Because how was he able to say, I go a fishing and still have all the equipment to go? And some of you, God is calling you out into the deep water, but you got your little backup plan, don't you? Hello. I tell you what, I gave up drinking, preacher, but I do keep a fifth of whiskey in the basement. Oh my. We laugh at that. We've had folks like that. I was helping a guy, I was helping a guy move one time and his, his wife said to him, she said, she said, honey, we were helping him move and he, he, had, he had stopped drinking and God was moving in his life. And then his wife, she came out and she said, honey, what are we going to do with these? It was a six pack. He said, uh, we're going to pour those down the drain. And we laugh at him and we might make fun of him, but God has called some of you into ministry. God's called some of you into the deep water and you've got your six pack in the bedroom, don't you? Or brother Allen, I know I have a pure, clean mind and God's been calling me out of what I've been doing and he's been calling me out of pornography and he's been calling me out of alcoholism. But I tell you what, boy, I'm not willing to make, I'm not really to close those loops and make provision for the flesh that it can feel the lust thereof. God's calling you into deeper water tonight. We need, we need, listen, this is not the time to back up in the Christian life. These are times to go into the deep. Yes. You know, the big fish out there, here, here's some things that are out in the deep. There's a hedge out in the deep. I don't have time to expound it tonight, but if you look in that passage right there, he said, when you get to the brink of the river again, he said, there, there's trees lining it. There's a hedge out there. There's a hedge out in the deep. The reason why some of you, listen, the reason why some of you have no protection and you feel like God's forsaken you so many times is because you're in the shallow water and God doesn't hang out in the shallow water. God's protection is upon those that are out into the deep. You've heard the stories before about the missionaries that all of a sudden they, I heard a man, a man preach one time. He preached a, a, my college a missions conference and he talked about his name is Mark Sigstad. I don't know if you know him at all. He was in, he was in uh, Africa for years, I believe uh, Nigeria, Africa. And he said one night he went to a village that had never been reached. And the chief said, the chief said, well, you can stay in my hut, but the witch doctor is going to kill you tonight if you stay here. And he said, the witch doctor told him to a translator, yes, if you stay here tonight, I'm going to kill you. And he said, well, God, you told me to come here. And the the chief said to him, yes, you can stay in here, but I'm not offering you a guard either. Brother Sixstad went, he said he, he said he slept on the, on the floor that night of the hutch, little thatch hut in, in Africa that night. And he said, when he woke up in the morning, the witch doctor was sitting Indian style on the ground. 
And he said he startled him as he walked out. He said, whoa, what's going on? And he talked to him through a translator. And he said, you promised to kill me last night. And I was here helpless. Nobody's here with me. Why didn't you kill me last night? And the witch doctor said, I tried to kill you three times. He said, every time I came to you, I'm not talking about a man 100 years ago. I'm talking about a man that I saw met face to face and he signed my Bible. He said, he said, I came to kill you three times. He said, but every time I came to kill you, there was a wall of fire Amen. that was around the hut. Say, Brother Adam, what's that? In Zechariah, the Bible said he will be a wall of fire about those that put their trust in him. But you only get stories like that when you launch out into the deep. It doesn't happen. You don't need God over here for the shallow water. You need his hedge of protection out in the deep. Some of you could get your marriage protected tonight if you'd get out in the deep with God. Some of you'd have some protection over your family and we wonder why things are coming into our kids' lives and rebellion and and attitudes and everything else. Maybe it's because there's no heads of protection in our lives because we're living such a shallow Christian life. And the protection is out there in the deep. Not only is there a hedge out in the deep, there's healing out in the deep. There's a healing out in the deep. Oh, I like it. Here's what the Bible says. Verse number eight, their water shall be healed. Verse number nine, they shall be healed. I'm going to be very careful here tonight, but I'm going to tell you, some of you are suffering things tonight. You are suffering things that happened to you 30 years ago because you refused to get out into the deep. And if you ever get out into the deep, you're going to find some healing in your life. But I, I want healing. I don't, I don't want to. I, I, I would make a terrible counselor. I'm just telling you. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm a terrible counselor. I know that. Because here's my deal. I'm not meeting with you 15 times. If you don't listen to me the first 14, the 15th one is off. <laughs> and if you're not coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, I'm not talking to you anyways. Because yes, you don't want help. You want somebody to whine to. Hello. Because if you get out there with God, you're going to find out, isn't it amazing, those, those that could be bitter in this life, those that have legitimate, what we would call legitimate reasons to be bitter, they've been sinned against, they've been, they've been hurt, they've been legitimately, I mean, taken advantage of, but it seems like the crowd that's been taken advantage of, the crowd that's out here in the deep, man, they seem to go on for God, God seems to give them the victory, that bitterness is not in their heart, it doesn't fester, it doesn't destroy them, they're not mad at God and everybody else, why? Because they're more concerned whether they get out in the deep than whether they get revenge. And Alan, you don't, you don't understand what happened to me. You have no idea what happened to me. And you have no idea what happened to the person down the pew for that's been shouting it out all week long either. The difference between you and them, your, your lack of healing and their healing is they decided a long time ago they're getting out in the deep. There's healing out in the deep. Brother Helen, you understand, man, I've suffered loss. I've lost a loved one. My daddy died of cancer. My mother died of a heart attack. Listen, my, I lost a baby. I lost this. I lost that. You don't understand what happened in my life. Can I tell you, if you live the shallow life, you're never going to get the help that you need in the Christian life. What you need to do is get out into the deep and get head over heels in love and in prayer and in fasting and get in there alone with God and God will give you some healing.
Not only is there a hedge and a healing, there's a harvest out there in the deep. There's a harvest. Many of us, the reason why we're so unfruitful in our lives is because we're in and out the deep water. Sometimes, Monday we're in the shallow. Tuesday we're in the shallow. Wednesday, we know there's going to be church, so man, I, I, gotta, I guess I got to, you know, in case the preacher asked me if I read my Bible, you know, I guess I should like peruse over it a little bit. Thursday, we're back in the shallow. Friday, we're in the shallow. Saturday morning, we may get a little bit, you know, because we got to clean our house, so we listen to gospel music on Saturday mornings. So we got to listen. So we get a little closer over here. What, what would it be like? Y'all remember what it was like last night when that ensemble sang Man of Sorrows? When the quartet earlier in the week sang, man, God's been faithful. Sunday morning when God began to move in here. What would it be like if you experienced that on Thursday? I thought we could only worship on Sunday. The, the people that are, that are enjoying the Christian life are the people that realize every day can be in the deep. Every day can be in the deep. Every day, man, I wake up and I play gospel music. I go to the gym and I play gospel music. I get in my car and I play gospel music. We'll drive down the road tonight and we'll probably listen to sermons or listen to gospel music. You know why? Because I got no time for the shallow anymore. Man, I, I, I'm so, we need to get to the place as Christians where we get sick of living over here. Aren't you tired of being wishy-washy with God? Aren't you tired of the devil getting the victory over you? Aren't you tired of living a life that's not surrendered to him? Here's what I told the Lord many years ago. God, there's no area in my life that you cannot touch. Most of us, here's how we are. God, you can touch every area, but don't get on this pew right here. Won't you get all in tonight? God may be touching some young person's heart to preach the gospel. God may be touching some lady's life or some couple's life to surrender all to him. Some of you, what you need to do, some of you men, some of you men need to take your family and say, family, we're tired of living the shallow life. I'm tired of being a Sunday morning only Christian. I'm tired of being a Sunday only Christian. We're going to be that revival every night Christian. And we're going to be that prayer meeting family. And we're going to be that family that, hey, reads the Bible in our home. Whether it's one day a week or we have family devotions. And I'm going to be, hey, honey, we're going to be that family. We're going to be that couple that prays together, honey. Hey, kids, we're going to be that family that prays, kids. And we're going to be that family that we're going to shut off the box in our house. And instead of worrying about our favorite program that comes on once a week, we're going to worry about reading the Bible together once a week. And instead of worrying about talking about the other episode, listen, when you get out in the deep water, listen, you won't be talking about every show all the time. You're going you're to once in a while find yourself talking about Jesus together. Amen. Let's get in the deep water, church. We got a short time in this life. Simple message. We have a short time in this life. You're going to spend it in the shallow, or you're going to spend it in the deep. How can I tell? Okay, 
Are you saved only? That's shallow. Are you saved and you critique or you don't realize you separation or, or you maybe you are separated, but you're, man, you're so cold and bitter and indifferent and judgmental. You're in the shallow water. Yeah. You're in the shallow water. Some of you need to surrender tonight and get your heart right with him and say, God, it, I'm not worried about anybody else's conviction, standards, whatever preferences. I'm worried about you and me. And you'll realize whenever you do that and stop with your critical spirit, what you're going to do is you're going to move to deeper water. And you're going to find a joy out here that you didn't have before. And those of you that are at that level now, it's time you surrendered all to him. It's time you surrendered all to him. We had a conversation with the preacher. I, I, I'm for young people surrendering. Here's what I'm not for. Young people, they're eight years old. And I, I believe I'm going to Nigeria to be a missionary. How about you just surrender? How about you just get into the deep water and let God guide you where he wants you to go? Church, I want to go to the deep water. Our heads about our eyes are closed. I wonder if there's any here tonight who say, Brother Allen, I'm not even in the water yet. I'm not saved. I'm not saved, Brother Allen. I don't know for sure that if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. Or I know right now, I, 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 I mean, I'm, on a, I'm on my way to the road, the slick road to hell. But would you pray with me that I could trust Jesus tonight? Would you pray with me that I could trust Jesus tonight? Here's my hand, Brother Allen. Here's my hand. I'm not going to make it a long, drawn-out thing. Here's my hand, Brother Allen. I need to be saved. Would you pray for me that I could make that decision to trust Jesus as my Savior? Here's my hand, Brother Allen. Most of the crowd has been here all week. Your decision tonight, some of you need to go deeper. If you're here and you just got saved, you know what you need to do? Start, man, get discipled. Get, what discipleship is, is drawing us into the deeper waters. If you're just saved and you don't have any guiding principles of your life, man, you come to church, you say, God, give me a heart that wants to know what it is to live by the principles of the word of God. And God, tonight I'm surrendering myself that whatever you speak to my heart about in those principles, I'm going to live that out in my life. Maybe you're here tonight and you've got standards and maybe you've been, because you do have standards, you've been critical, but you want to lay that critical spirit down and say, you know what, God, I'm sick of living this superficial life. I want to live a deeper life committed to the Lord Jesus Christ with the joy and with pleasure serving him and let you sanctify me for your purpose. And maybe some of you that you've got most everything in your life, you're okay. How about this? How about some of you go into the deep water and go soul winning? Soul winners are in the deep. Well, Brother Allen, I'm just shy. If you get out there in the deep water, Jesus can give you some boldness. Well, I'm afraid that I'll say the wrong thing. You get out there in the deep water, God will give you the things to say. Maybe some of you ought to come tonight and surrender your entire life. Put your life in God's hand and say, God, whatever you want, if it's preaching the gospel, if it is going to the mission field, if it is serving in my church, it, some of you, God has, God's putting his finger on you right now and saying you ought to be a helper in a Sunday school class. You ought to be a helper on the bus route. And man, that would be, that would, yeah, it'd be deep, wouldn't it? That'd be deep. Well, God's, some of you, God's putting your finger on your heart and saying, I want you to be a youth pastor. I want you to sing in choir. 
I want you to be a lay preacher and preach at nursing homes and go visit people. Whatever it is, come to the deep water tonight. Father, I pray that you'd help us. We need to hear from you tonight. God, I pray that you'd put the folks tonight and help us to go wherever level we are. God, help us to go into the deeper. This is just practical Christian living, God. It's not, it's not swinging from the chandeliers. God, this is where the reality of the Christian life kicks in. How deep do we want to go? Take us back to the brink of the water and cause us to understand what's going on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as Brother Jake begins to play or sing a song of invitation? Others have already come. They're dealing with things in their heart. Would you come tonight and get into the deep water? Some of you need to come and, and quit. Some of you are going through the motions of your Christian life. Why don't you come and get into the, where you start enjoying the Bible reading again? Well, you can't quit. Mark it off that calendar like you do every day and get, and get, tell God you want to get into that passionate waters again. You want to get to where your, your heart longs to talk to him and walk with him and pray and, and read the Bible and, and be in love with him. Get in the deep water. The saddest thing for a pastor, and I'm going to tell you this because I've been, I've been there with my pastor. The saddest thing in the world is for us to watch Christians stay on that shore or barely in the water. And we know how God could use you if you just got in. We know the pleasure that would happen if you just got in. And I'm going to tell you, there's, some, there's always voices calling us back to that shallow water. Some of you are going to be like that boy. We had, a, we had a young man in my swim class when I was in nine, grade nine in school. He was a tough dude. He was in the gangs. He was in everything else. He was involved in heavy sin in his life. But he had to wear floaties in the, in the pool. Nothing worse than watching a man who's almost an adult out there. But that's how some of you, you've been a Christian for a while. And you're still in the floaty stage of the Christian life. I mean, can I ask you this? When was the last time you repented and changed anything in your life? Because some of us have been sitting here this week, and, and I don't know about you, but I, I go to the altar all the time in my church. And I'm not saying because you didn't come to the altar, you're not making decisions. So don't get wrong, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. But if in your heart you're thinking, I don't have anything to change, man, you're in a sad state. And you're probably more shallow than you think you are. You know, I've seen your pastor come down to this altar and make decisions. I've seen your pastor's wife make decisions. I've talked to those of you that have not come to the altar, but you've talked to us in the hallways. And we know the Lord's working on your heart. Praise the Lord for it. When was the last time anything in your life was different because of a revival that you spent time in? What did you men change when you, after you left the Man Up Conference? What did you change? Those men were trying to get us, Brother Bacon, they were trying to get us in deeper waters. That's what they were trying to do. What's going to be different because we had this revival here this week? You're going to love the Lord more? You're going to read your Bible more? You're going to pray with more intensity? You're going to love them more? You're going to sing more? You're going to praise more? Let's be different than what we were when we started this week. There's some folks down here. There's still time to get in the deep water. 
There's still time to get into deep water. There's still time, preacher. Some of you tonight are needing a healing. The Bible said in verse 8 and verse 9, there's healing in those waters. And you're, and you're afraid. When I was a little boy, we'd go to Hay Creek after picking up potatoes and swim after the hot days, you know. And I remember the other kids swimming across that creek, and I was scared to swim across that creek. It took a little goading. And they provoked me a little bit and dared me. And finally, finally, I got up the courage to do it. Maybe somebody here needs to encourage somebody else to get into deeper water. Come along beside somebody. Dare them even. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not going to let you drown out there. But there's healing in those waters. So there's harvest in those waters. You know what the Bible said in verse 9 there? That the waters there were full of fish. There was a harvest. But you're just afraid. You're just afraid right now. But you need it. You need a healing. You need a harvest. But you're afraid. Just step up by faith. Trust God. Make a decision right now. And see if God won't work for you. Won't do something for you. Brother Jake, you got something to sing? Go ahead, brother. You come right now as he sings. There's a in surrender that is found no other way there's a joy in giving in finally saying I'll obey there's a hope that it lays down there's a gladness I don't want to say we'll get somebody to help you tonight you come come meet us right down here at the front nowhere else can it be found but it's found in the deep water there's a gladness in darkest wall there's a gladness in surrender all who follow see and know there's a gladness in surrender control there's a joy in calm acceptance 
but there's there's somebody that's not surrendered and I don't know who or where you are but can I tell you this if 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 you'll take that first step like that prodigal son there's somebody here and you feel like your feet are glued to the ground right now and you cannot take that first step when the prodigal son took that first step God ran to where he was And if you'll take that first step of getting into the deep water, I promise you this, there's a gladness in surrender. There's a joy in it. The folks that are smiling and nodding their head right now, they've been into that deep water and, and listen, and we've, we've been in the shallow water too. And we know those are the most miserable days of our lives are in the shallow water. But if you'll get, I, I, I'm telling you, if you'll take that first step tonight, If you'll just surrender, there might be a young man or young lady that God's calling. If you'll take that first step, we're not trying to draw anything out, but if you'll take that first step, you're going you're gonna to find a joy and a gladness out here in the deep water and surrender. And it's time for some of us to just get all in for the Lord Jesus Christ and understand that these waters overflowing out here. That's where, that's where the big fish are, man. God wants to use you, your family. There's a gladness in surrender. There's a gladness in surrender to the one who made us free. There's a joy in willing bondage saying take me there's a hope that soars above the deepest fear the darkest woe there's a gladness in surrender all who follow see and know still praying and some are still coming We won't tarry if not necessary, but as God is moving, we will wait on him. You know, story of Moses in the temple and a little boy lurking in the shadows named Joshua. And God spoke to Moses and Moses went back to the camp, but Joshua says, no, I'm staying right here. This is where God is. And that was the one that God used to be the next leader of Israel and to cross the Jordan and take him into the Canaan land and defeat all those armies of Canaan. I had this 
seed thought of a message this week and I'm working on it to preach sometime, so I don't want to give it all to you. But when Moses was at the burning bush, God said, just go say, I am. That was the voice of mercy. But when that didn't work, God used, had to use the hand of judgment 10 times. And finally, Pharaoh recognized who God was. Some of you tonight are wrestling. That's the voice of mercy tonight. You have a chance just to come and surrender. God hasn't judged yet. God hasn't brought any tragedy in your life yet. But maybe God has already. Maybe God's already used judgment. And you're just still holding on like Pharaoh. You could come right now and end it. You could just let go. Just end it tonight. Say, God, I just surrender. Whatever you want. Will you listen? Just give in. Just give in. You don't think you can God out in the deep water? You don't need water wings or a life preserver when you got God. Just, just you say, well, I'm wrestling. I, I don't know for sure. Just step out. Try it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He'll take care of you. Summer's still coming. If you, if you need to sit down, you can sit down. I understand. Sit down, that's fine. From Holy Scriptures, one that makes don't leave here. doing business with God. That if we seek Him, while we can find Him, we can move His hand today. Somebody go get God. 
this burden Somebody go You've probably never heard that song before. I, I'm just assuming. I just heard it a short time ago. Uh, Brother Ed Schweitzer sang it, and uh, boy, it's become one of my favorite songs. It's just that easy. Somebody go get God. We can go boldly to the throne room of grace. And some of you need to do that right now. Get in the deep water. Just go get God. So, sing that again, brother. There's still people praying. I don't want to stop while the Spirit's moving. Again, if you need to sit down, sit down. But brother, give us that first verse at least again. God is faithful to hear his children. Victories will come our way. But he cannot send them until we ask him. Somebody needs to pray. Somebody go get God Somebody 